everyone. Welcome to Two Guys, Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. You are listening to the 2-22-22 episode of The Spin Chagrin. And last week's category was foreign torture porn movies, but we have had a slight change, correct, Frank? Yes, more than slight. And there's a, a long narrative to go through before we get to the actual Spin Chagrin movie of the evening. All right, let's 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 hear this uh, tale of twists and turns. Oh uh, yeah, so I was a little uncomfortable when you picked the title or the the topic last week anyway, because not really my favorite genre. But so about a year ago, um, on a Reddit like horror hidden gems thread, I found this movie called Atroz, A T R O Z. Mm-hmm. It's a Mexican found footage uh, serial killer movie. Not really my cup of tea, typically, but it got some really glowing reviews from users on Reddit, which probably should have been my first indication to just avoid it. But <clears throat> I got it for like 14 bucks on eBay. I figured whatever, I'll fucking watch this movie. So I got it, and then I didn't feel like watching it when I got it. And a year went by, and I never really made an effort to put it in my DVD player. Um, but then the topic came up, the foreign torture porn, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to watch this stupid movie. So I pop it in. Starts with a car accident uh, where a woman's been killed and there's a couple of guys that are being wrestled into the back of a police cruiser. They're kind of belligerent and cursing and whatever. So this is done by uniformed officers. Police commander shows up and he, I guess, recognizes one of the guys in the back. Um, And he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to look in their car. So he goes into their car and he finds um, a camcorder. So he picks the camcorder up and starts watching it. And then what proceeds is, and I got like maybe 15 minutes into this movie, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the most like unnecessarily graphic, just absolute gross out shit like ever uh, culminating in a trans woman who's being tortured by these two men uh defecating and then them wiping the defecation like on her mouth yeah jesus christ and at this point yeah i'm eating my my spam egg and cheese sandwich and i'm like "Mm, i don't think i can do this anymore so yeah stop the movie text you (laughs) we need to re-roll this shit i can't do this right so about an hour later you re-roll uh-huh and we get men in space as our topic. <laughs> Wildly so, divergent. Right, right. Completely different. So I'm thinking, yeah, you know, like I can um I can work with men in space. So I start looking around and most of the stuff that I find I've already seen. So the first thing I settle on is a Sun Ra um musical biopic slash social commentary movie from the early 70s called um Space is the Place. which is about him coming down from space in his eyeball spaceship to provide a better life for all black people on earth through his weird experimental jazz funk. And I fell asleep like five times watching this movie. And finally I was like, you know what? This can't be the choice. So... I start looking around on Wikipedia and I find that there was this movie that was put out in the early eighties called the creature wasn't nice uh, starring Leslie Nielsen and some other people that was like a precursor to the naked gun stuff. Okay. That was a comedic riff on aliens. So I'm like, Oh, you know, like that could be pretty funny. And it wasn't. And the video quality on YouTube was super poor. Like, it basically looked like I was watching a early color television from like 1979 mm-hmm. where you constantly had to adjust the color because everything was either like washed out or super dark. Right. So 15 minutes into this movie, not having laughed once at the terrible, <laughs> terrible jokes, I said, you know what? This also is not the way. So I stop it and kind of dejected and I'm looking around and I find a movie from 1996 that I look up and it's streaming on prime so this is what we finally settle on 
And that movie is called Space Truckers. It is a... I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea this movie existed, so... I've never seen it, but I... Oh, well, probably not going to want to. Um, Dennis Hopper vehicle, um, also starring uh, Stephen Dorff, uh, Debbie Mazar, um, and Charles Dance, hmm. um, with a that's a decent minor, cast, though. You're 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 right with a minor minor role by George Went. <sighs> so the premise of this movie is that there's this space colony with these soldiers that work for this corporation called the company. And they're being attacked by a vicious robot that's basically decimating them. And it's got this eyeball laser. It's basically got three, like, lenses as its eyes. And it's going around and it's, like, disintegrating their body parts and killing everybody and destroying their tanks and their spaceships. So it eventually wipes out everybody except for Charles Dance, um, who's playing a character called Nabel, who's a scientist. And... uh, What's this actor's name? Uh, Oh, man, where is it? Oh, Shane Rimmer, who I don't know, um, playing EJ Sags, who is the president of the company. Okay. So it's revealed that Nabel has created an army of these creatures and that they're going to use these robot killing machines to go back and take over Earth. So Sags takes the remote control that Nabel's using to control it, and he's like, if I have this, why do I need you? And kills him. So Charles Dance dead. Cut to Dennis Hopper as John Canyon, who's a interstellar truck driver hauling a cargo of square pigs from somewhere to some space station for the company so canyons of foul mouthed cretin basically um but then george went plays like the commander of the space station he goes to who decides he's going to double cross canyon and not pay him for the pigs but take the pigs anyway because the pigs belong to the company, he doesn't have to pay them. So a wild brawl ensues where, despite many warnings to not use guns because they're in a pressurized space station, some idiot shoots a porthole and George Went gets sucked out ass first and basically decompressed and killed. Um, <clears throat> so despite the murder that just occurred, uh, Canyon is offered a job to transport um, sex dolls from the space station to Earth. Uh, he uses this trip to Earth to leverage uh, Debbie Mazar's waitress character into going with him to marry him in order to go back and see her mother that she hasn't seen in 20 years, who's sick in a hospital on Earth. And then the Steven Dorff character, who really wants to F Debbie Mazar, kind of just weasels his way in and he's going to be like the co-pilot so that's your setup and they're flying to earth this is the setup <laughs> yeah 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 this is setup so they're flying to earth with a um cargo of sex dolls so the police decide to chase them because you know murder and they lose them in this uh what is it called like scum field or something like that it's basically like a debris field with the worst CGI ever, with these asteroids that are pitch black and reflect the stars, so you can't really see them until they're right on top of you. Um, so they manage to avoid the police, but then there's damage to the ship, and they can't go on, and they get kidnapped by pirates. So the pirates are led by this guy, uh, Magellan or something like that, who's like an android, and he's got a peg leg and... He's like mostly robot. Um, So he agrees to let them go if Debbie Mazar will have sex with him, Um, which she agrees to do. But then it turns out that uh, Magellan or whatever, the pirate captain, is actually Nabel who survived his um, disintegration at the hands of his own killer robot. And has a prosthetic 
penis that's hmm. activated by a pull string, like a weed whacker, kind of. Um, okay. And he fails to have sex with Debbie Mazar. Um, so he's all angry. But then it turns out that uh, the cargo that they're carrying is not um, sex dolls, but is these 5,000 robots. And they're bringing it to Earth. Um, so then the robots get activated somehow, kind of. And then they come to life and they start like obliterating everyone. And they basically kill the entire crew of the spaceship. There's only a few of them that get activated, like five or six. But then the truck drivers, they kill the robots and they escape on the ship, still heading to Earth, still with the cargo of these robots. So Dennis Hopper realizes that there's no way that he's going to. I don't know. He has like some kind of change of heart and realizes that it's probably not a good idea to extort sex out of a much younger woman for passage to her home planet. So he's basically like, ah, you two are in love. You get on the escape pod and I'll destroy all the robots. So they're like, cool. And they do that. And then they go to Earth because all of a sudden they're like near Earth. And then he's crashing the spaceship down into the atmosphere of Earth to destroy all the robots. But at the last minute, he ejects and he survives. So they're all survived. And it somehow becomes known that there were robots on the ship and that they saved the world from these robots coming in, like killing everyone. So now they're all heroes. So they get to go to where the mother is in the hospital. But the mother, it turns out, has been frozen for 20 years. So she hasn't aged at all, you know, because that's how things work. Right. And Dennis Hopper falls in love with her. Is this uh, uh, Barbara Crampton by any chance? Or? Oh, yeah, I guess it is. Uh, Carol, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, yeah it is. It's Barbara Crampton. Right. Yeah, that's all I care about in, so, in this movie, just so you know, is how attractive is Barbara Crampton at this point? She's still looking pretty good. Yeah. She still looks good um, now. I mean, equivalent to Debbie, Debbie Mazar, I guess. Which is high praise for me because I think Debbie Mazar at this point is like Debbie Mazar is definitely your type at this point. Uh Um, So Dennis Hopper falls in love with her. So then they're like, hey, because you guys did such a great job, the president wants to meet you. So guess what? The president is Sags, who has been elected president of the earth. So they're like, hey, these were your robots. Like you need to give us like reward money or else we'll tell everyone that, you know, whatever you were basically going to destroy the earth. And he's like, all right, you got me. I, there's a big rig waiting for you, like a brand new rig. And then here's all this money. So then Steven Dorf is like, we can't take this money. This is blood money. And Dennis Hopper's like, nah, I think we should probably take the money because it's a lot of money. But Steven Dorf wrestles. Oh, it's in a briefcase. Um, because that troop still exists in like the year hmm. 3000 or whatever. Sure. Um, like a Halliburton or something. Yeah. So he takes the briefcase and he throws it out the window, breaking the window, and it flies down as the president's getting back in his limo. And you see him pull out a remote and he's like, ha ha ha, they won't live to tell anyone about my whatever evil plans. And he presses the button for the remote and it turns out there was a bomb in that briefcase. And just as he presses the button, the briefcase hits the roof of his limousine and explodes and kills him. Hmm. So now they have a brand new rig and total freedom. So they all decide to go off as like two couples and fly into space and have adventures. And that's uh that's 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 space truckers. Um I don't really know what to say about this movie. Like, all right. So first, there's a sorry. Go ahead with your review. There, there, there's a couple of things that need to be explained. But go ahead. Well, you should probably ask questions, and then I'll try and fill in whatever I don't think you've covered with your. Okay. Question. So one thing that you haven't mentioned so far is this is written by or directed by fucking Stuart Gordon. Indeed, it is. I didn't want to say that because you know we we both really like Stuart Gordon. Yeah, you, you always you always hate to see your idols fail. Sure. Um. Like Stuart Gordon of Reanimator. So here's like here's the things that you can tell are definitely Stuart Gordon esque. Um, 
the disintegration practical effects in this movie like where they show people because the robot shoots like a pinpoint laser from its eye so it basically will just like cut limbs off of people mm-hmm. and where they show like the melted mass of flesh between like a separated leg or arm or something it's pretty it it looks pretty good like they're pretty decent special effects for what is 100 percent an incredibly low budget movie okay <clears throat> the effects like george went getting pulled out the um the porthole pretty good effect i mean it's 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 grotesque but it's kind of funny like seeing him get sucked like ass first and like all of a sudden his knees are up by his mouth and his arms are pointing straight out and then out he goes right um the robots are okay uh do you remember in mass effect 2 i think when you had the geth robot that was like on your side that's Mm -hmm. that's what they look like basically except with three eyes instead of one so Mm -hmm. if anyone's familiar with mass effect or just look up max mass effect geth g-e-t-h that's what these robots look like but it's so obviously like a man in a rubber suit at the same time because you can see like the way that the joints and stuff bend that it's you know like a single piece with like a human body underneath it um and that's really about it because it's super super poorly well it's really poorly paced for a movie that takes about 15 minutes to get through um most of the jokes just fall flat and i can't i can't really remember any of them uh the thing with um charles dance trying to rape debbie mazar is really uncomfortable oh and then after he fails at raping her Mm -hmm. his threat to her is i have 312 men on this crew and they're each going to have you in no particular order jesus um and this is after he says he's going to kill um steven dorf and uh, dennis hopper but then they get out of it because like the robots start to activate and they're like hey we can go in there and take care of those things and like yeah you're right that's a good idea um but then they all die anyway like every everybody in the crew um but yeah just uh so is, is this where does this fail is it like where where's the beginning of the failure of this movie because it sounds like it's just not good i mean it doesn't sound like it's offensive necessarily it's just not good yeah is that right there's nothing yeah there's nothing offensive about it so is it on the is is it just conceptually like is it the story is it the script level where it starts to fail like what do you where do you think it starts to like fall apart so the biggest problem is it's just dennis hopper being dennis hopper okay and there's certain parts where you can kind of take dennis hopper i think like Mm -hmm. parts that he rolls that he sort of embraces then there's shit like this where it's just kind of why is this man the person cast except for the fact that like you got a recognizable name for you know i don't know probably and he's like, willing to do it right yeah like a bag of weed and i don't know like okay. some falafel or something yeah and so you think it's too much hopper yeah and i don't even know if it, if fa- like i don't know that it fails necessarily it's just nothing interesting about it really mm. like all the sets look like a combination of like mystery science theater 3000 sets and i don't know but I mean, they all look fake and basically the spaceship is one set and it's tiny <clears throat> and then the enemy spaceship is one set and it's tiny and that's really all there is it's like these three there's the bar at the beginning then that the inside interior of the spaceship and then the pirate spaceship and that's the entirety of the locations and it all feels like it all feels like it was filmed by a by a student run cast um that had no money and like a lot of heart and wanted to make a movie but well it's interesting because i'm looking i was looking up the you know the the cinematographer here is the same cinematographer that worked on um reanimator with him um and from beyond and uh uh also worked on dolls with him so like this isn't somebody that's inexperienced i mean um necessarily 
the editor is has a good track history. The writer I looked up because he doesn't have a Wikipedia link, oddly. I looked him up. Like, this is a guy who wrote tons of episodes of Millennium and later season Millennium, like um, NYPD Blue, uh, Deadwood, Johnson from Cincinnati. Like, he's like not a terrible writer. Old episodes of Wise Guy, it looks like. I mean, like, um, Ted Mann is his name. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it doesn't seem like. It just you I look at the cast, I look at the director, I look at the writer, and it's like it feels like it should be better than this. And you said it's like it feels like low budget. It was it had a budget of twenty-five million dollars. I bet a lot of that was Dennis Hopper. Probably. It was it had a box office of one point six million. <laughs> so it is a monumental failure here. <clears throat> um so okay, so Hopper. We've, I was looking through his filmography as, as you were talking a little bit, we've talked actually about a number of Dennis Hopper movies, like surprisingly, like more than I would have thought. And, but I don't know if we've ever had Dennis Hopper in the primary role. He's the primary character in this movie, you would say? Yes. Okay. So the closest we've probably gotten is Waterworld, I would say, but he's still the villain, right? So it's like Costner's the hero and that. Like, but we've we've talked about probably like seven, seven or eight like movies that Dennis Hopper's in, but he's always in smaller roles. So like we never really got to talk about Dennis Hopper. What are your feelings about Dennis Hopper? Like as an actor. I think I think that Dennis Hopper is <clears throat> absolutely perfect in certain roles. Mm-hmm. And when a role requires someone to basically be a caricature of a character and act in a way that's out there or I don't know, unhinged or maybe not quite with like what's actually happening in reality. The Dennis Hopper nails those roles or manically annoying. Maybe like, I'm sure that's fine too. Like cool hand or where he's got a very brief, bit that he's doing that's very specific like true romance is a good example of this sure and then dennis dennis hopper is really good i mean yeah it's small doses though but blue velvet amazing oh because yeah right yeah you're right he's playing a caricature in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. like it's not like Mm -hmm. a fully fleshed out character it's a boogeyman you know yeah and there's like cartoonish aspects to it apocalypse now perfect character there because just somebody who's lost touch with reality and that's where dennis hopper shines right and that and that manic like almost like now we think of it probably gen x was more of like a dennis leary way but just like just just spitting just spitting words you know like in this yeah in this kind of delusional disassociated way yeah i mean part of the problem is that the guy this this character who's the the lead in this movie the protagonist i guess you could say is really just a scumbag like he's a terrible person i mean he's using his position and whatever to get this young woman to agree to have sex with him basically for passage i mean that's yeah that's pretty scummy and i mean he's murdering people at the beginning he's a truck driver for fuck's sake it's like i don't know yeah it's hard to explain and i want to say that like i want to tell you that i laughed at this movie or that i thought it was fun or whatever but it wasn't not fun but it also wasn't entertaining like it just was something that passed by my face for however long it is 80 some minutes and then you know was gone yeah so just just to wrap up a couple things about dennis hopper is like i completely agree with you 100 percent What's, well, first, what's his best role, you think? Is it Blue Velvet? Blue Velvet's my favorite role of his. Yeah. I, I don't know. Be- I think his... the best acting he ever does is in True Romance. Even though I think Blue Velvet is probably the best role that he's ever had in his life. Like, um, as a more principal character, I would say. I also think Apocalypse Now is, like, absolutely perfect for him um, as the photojournalist. But... So we've talked about number. He's in a couple, and this 
includes cage movies like on the quick cage last year but i only see the possibility of a few movies knowing your tastes and your likes and dislikes that maybe like some things would pop up like again like like that we would talk about them i definitely know texas chainsaw massacre 2 someday we will be discussing um say it with more enthusiasm (laughs) once more feeling i someday we'll be talking about the texas chainsaw massacre too well how do you feel about speed i think speed is a fun movie fuck okay i don't Um, know what i don't know what list it makes but i you know i was just trying to trap you and hope you were indifferent to it um I should I was I should have said I was so I could watch fucking speed. So you watch speed is one of the fine movies. Um, and the oh, I'm looking around. It's like how do you? This, this actually is like a thing from my childhood that I loved as a child and I've not watched probably since 1989. How do you feel about my science project? Oh, I like the movie. Yeah, like I f- completely forgot about that movie, and like as soon as like I saw his name, and then I like was like thinking about that movie, I was like fuck, right? Yeah, I really want to watch that movie again. I need to look it up. Um, but I don't really see a lot of possibilities for things that he appears in. It, his career falls off a fucking cliff, kind so, of right around this time. There's plenty of stuff that could be on lists at some point. You mean earlier stuff before 19, like before yeah. this movie? Sons of Katie Elder, Cool Hand Luke. We've never talked about either of them. We haven't talked Hang about on. Cool Hand Luke? Not, yeah, we have somewhere. We've talked about Cool Hand Luke. I've watched it in the past three and a half years it. and I was talking about it. Yeah. That's uh, the movie. High. That's the movie a few weeks ago. If you remember when I got confused about a horror movie, Cool Hand Luke is the movie that I think of in black and white as opposed to even though it's color like when i imagine it i imagine it in black and white well that's weird (laughs) because it's most assuredly in color oh it absolutely is yeah you know how i remember that that was the movie it's because it was on a list and we talked about anyway mad dog morgan the american friend um the osterman weekend could end up on the list sometime what is that uh it's a peckinpah movie with um are these Rucker a lot of Howard. westerns kind of things like no the osterman weekend's not oh okay um it's a assassin movie oh okay huh. um or spies i guess i don't know i think there's enough i mean just right there like yeah. i could i could fit any of those movies i mean if we're doing the podcast in 2000 like say 35 like um by that point black widow the um the the deborah winger thriller um could make uh uh movies chris chris kind of liked as a kid and frank's never seen list it could i guess right one that's that'd be some list that's a that's a that's 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 one of my that's like that's a, that's a movie my mother would have watched on HBO like once or twice, and I watched it consequently. Deborah Winger. I like Deborah Winger. Deborah Winger is Deborah Winger is in a lot of uh bland mediocre movies during the eighties though. Somebody had to make them. <laughs> True. Deborah Winger got to eat sure um so it's that it's hopper that's your, that's your final conclusion here it's too much hopper it's just the wrong hopper okay and i would honestly say that if they would have gone more gonzo if that's the right word with this movie like mm-hmm. i think it would have been a better movie and it would have been a lot more fun like, if they would have just let him be completely unhinged, really, then the Steven Dorf character doesn't matter at all. Seriously. Like, if you take that character out and you just have it being about him basically learning to not be a scumbag as he's saving the world, 
and then ending up with her mother in the end, Mm -hmm. you're probably better off. And it's probably a much more fun movie, really. But it's like the romance angle, like the love triangle, because when Dennis Hopper is out trying to repair the ship before they all before they get captured by the pirates, like Mazar and Dorf are basically like getting ready to have sex. Right. Like they've taken off all their clothes and they're making well, I mean they're in their underpants, but they're making out with each other because they just met and he's in love with her or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. So, so take and take that shit out and just have it be you know them and it would have been fine yeah okay um oh never mind i found one okay i was gonna say this was gonna be the first steven dwarf um movie that we've ever discussed on any podcast but that's not true because he was in um uh the uh 9-11 cage movie i already lost it again whatever it was called um the only other movie I see on this World list, Trade? Yeah, World Trade Center. That's it. Right. The Gate? I like The Gate. I know. So someday, maybe that, and then... You like the first Blade movie, don't you? Haven't you told me that before? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think, I think think the Blade movies in general are very flawed, but I think they have yeah. good ideas, and yeah. those people... Do, I'll tell you this, that Wesley Snipes and Steven Dorff completely embrace those characters in that movie and make it far better than what it really is. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and then uh, there was something else. How do you feel about Cecil B. DeBenham? I like that movie. Yeah, I, I don't know what, yeah, so, what list yeah, it ever right. makes it on, but, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. it. Yeah. yeah. That was one we saw together, right? Was it that we, one? No. No. We did not see that together. Um, I saw it was the one we saw at the Charles. Uh, that's the one with Tracy Allman in it. Um, or she, she does, she does the dance squats, like, like, like cowgirls the bottle. Um, <laughs> um a dirty shame, is that right? low down, dirty shame, low down is something like that. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, that's the one we saw at the Charles. Um, oh, it is just a dirty shame dirty shame yeah um but wow, yeah john waters hasn't directed a movie since that 2004 really yep isn't that crazy I w- that is i would have sworn he's directed at least something since then huh so yeah not not a lot of uh uh alone in the dark could appear on some list someday potentially um worst movies we stayed after <laughs> maybe right oh that's to a, watch that's the a good list that's a really good list um do you want to do you want to watch those movies again although man <laughs> talking about some of those movies would be hilarious yeah um i like backbeat okay uh, i've never seen that judgment night can end up on a list this is the steven dorf list that i'm looking at okay. i've shot andy warhol can end up on a list i really like that movie God, he made that and Space Truckers in the same year. Woof. Oh, I did see Judgment Night. It's been a long time. I forgot about that. Judgment Night has one of um one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. Hmm. Do yeah. you know the Judgment Night soundtrack? I have not seen Judgment Night probably since it came on cable back in the day. So no, I don't. <clears throat> so Judgment Night um was the soundtrack for it um were all rap and rock collaborations okay so it was all um Uh, i'll give you some examples like uh biohazard and onyx that's like the the song they used in the trailer Mm. it's um sonic youth and cypress hill uh mud honey and sir mix yeah i just saw that work oh dinosaur jr and dell that's a, yeah yeah teenage fan club and de la soul i mean it's a really it's it's a really like good soundtrack from start to finish and was super um 
kind of ahead of its time in the way that it yeah. approached like that mashup of two different like disparate genres right yeah um, cool it makes the movie much better than the movie actually is but the movie itself is is it's watchable it's fine so what's your sugar and score on this it's a six i mean again it's it's not like it wasn't unwatchable and it wasn't i didn't hate it and at no point was i like i can't watch this movie anymore which definitely happened three times previously that day um but I would never recommend anybody watch it, and it's definitely not worth seeking out, even though it's free on Prime. Do you feel like <clears throat> since last week to this week that this is the category that has put most of a uh, strain on you so far? It just it's just and in terms men of in finding space? a movie, like no, 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 like well, the combination of foreign torture porn and Men in Space has put the biggest strain on you, like so far in terms of like finding something. So here's that's a good question i don't i don't want a category that makes me like sad in a non-funny way like it's okay for me to have to watch some terrible movie but mm-hmm. you know like we we've talked about this a number of times and when i was a kid i was very much into watching like the mondo style like extremity movies because mm-hmm. i thought that somehow it made me mature or mm-hmm. whatever to watch this shit and i realized getting older like there's just nothing cool about it like it's yeah. obscenity for obscenity's sake and what's what's the purpose and it just makes me feel bad about myself and about humanity and i don't i don't want to feel that way watching a movie so I unless to, it's, I, I did want to follow up on it do you think there's movies that get labeled torture porn that do have artistic value and if so like what are like what are they i'll give you the best example and probably Mm -hmm. where torture porn came from is hostile Mm -hmm. and i'm not going to defend hostile as like a great movie but hostile is a competent film with a very distinct narrative that's basically just most dangerous game you know sure like told in a slightly different way and is there torture in it yeah but it's like it's 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 a movie it doesn't feel like you're watching something that's meant to make you feel like you're watching something in real life martyrs this movie i've told you about a few times Mm -hmm. martyrs very difficult to watch has some very uncomfortable scenes but 100 is a strong narrative and an interesting concept that is maybe just a little too difficult to watch sometimes Mm -hmm. but it's still like a worthwhile movie and i would never tell you not to watch it so I don't I don't want to turn this into like one of like our 70s horror like you know like podcast discussions almost but do you see that like need for like torture porn being do you think it is like ends up just being this like thing that it has to go more graphic more brutal as an extension of things like the giallo movies that we're talking about like in the 70s where it's like they 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 take the mystery and they start inserting like graphic like violence and that just gets worse up and through slashers and then it's like the natural extension of that to some degree is be getting even more graphic like do you think it's just people trying to shock more and more is where this whole idea comes from like I mean, I don't know if I'd blame that on Giallo necessarily, but it's definitely oh, as a great grandfather or something of I would say it's more the obsession with um the Italian cannibal movies mm. from the 70s and 80s and then the Japanese kind of taking that to the extreme by making just um like the splatterpunk movies kind of mm. uh the guinea pig series right and then you know i mean there's stuff from germany from the late 80s that's 100 percent just gratuitous filth i, I hate to say it like that because they're still just movies but i those movies make money there's a subset of people that want to see that shit and will pay to see it and as long as something makes money you know, I mean, no one is really getting hurt. Well, one of the biggest urban legends ever is about the movie Snuff. Are you familiar with that movie? I've heard of that movie. I don't know if I've seen it or not. 
snuff's terrible movie um that was always purported on the box to be like the filming of a real killing or faces of death whatever those right. those kind I've of seen movies those. yeah mm-hmm. and it's just it it appeals again it appealed to me when i was 16 17 years right. years old and i thought i was being some little hard ass by watching these um you know like shit like necromantic or I, mean, I would have told you at one point probably cannibal holocaust is one of my five favorite movies of all time and i don't really have any interest in that movie anymore aside from like a footnote of history um man, there's, I don't know. There, there's <clears throat> cannibal holocaust definitely has more artistry too than a yeah, lot of right, these other yes, movies right that's what i was going to say and, 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 and just and, in the the brilliance of the way that um uh Lindsay films that movie in terms of like um just making it feel like it's a a real you know like that you're actually watching something and and i'm not looking forward to watching that movie again when that happens at some point but it's like but it has a philosophical argument to it as well i mean like there 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 is a meaning behind that movie to some degree like as awful as it can be to watch i said i'm burned lenses mistaking my italian horror masters Lindsay did um i guess make them die slowly maybe i think i'm not sure i i, can't I don't know people He's... Straight, that's that's all you thanks I, I just gotta look up there i just gotta look up how to pronounce their names <clears throat> um fulci argento like that's that that's pretty much all i got baba Mario Bava. I, I I think I can distinguish between their styles and their movies a lot of times. Yeah, I was right. Lindsay is um make them die slowly. Cannibal Frocks. Um is Lindsay involved in Night of the Demons at all for any reason? I don't know. Uh no. That's all okay. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, I I I have a hard time keeping them straight. <clears throat> all right. So six. Six, six, six. All right. So you wanted to talk about well, I guess it's fine enough segue. You want to talk about a more recent horror movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think we need to a little bit. <laughs> okay. Um so Friday, Netflix released uh, direct-to-streaming the supposedly official sequel to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Um, I've never really read where they consider this, like, those to end, but I'm pretty sure that, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Fetty uh, Alvarez or whatever his name is, the guy that directed the evil dead remake that was the producer of this movie has basically said that the original movies are all canon in this and that this is like a sequel x number of years later like um, one and yeah like one and two and three i think are all canon. i think so yeah well yeah not the new generation or whatever but right. leatherface being like the last official and then this being the picking up um he needs to go fuck himself because this movie is if you told me this was a sequel to one of like the six or seven whatever reboots, remakes, reimaginings that have been in the past twenty years, I would, I would believe it, because um, it has that feel to it. Like it, it, it looks like it. Leatherface is treated like they treat Leatherface in those movies, which is this unstoppable, I don't know, horror demon or whatever. Um, look, man, it's just a bad movie. And the problem with it is that, and I, I I texted you this early on, was that there's a couple small things that would happen. And I would be like, oh, like, that's an interesting idea. Or, oh, that's like a cool visual. But it's so wrongheaded in its approach to horror. It's just, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's not scary. It's silly more times than not. Um... 
it has wildly unlikable characters that you're almost rooting yes. for to die. Yeah. Um. I mean, you think that the one like kind of likable character lives, um, but she doesn't. Leatherface looks. I didn't. I, and I disagree. I didn't find her particularly likable myself. So it's like she's. St- I think she's in the middle still. <laughs> I to me, she was most likable. Her and the um, the Texas dude were the two mm-hmm. that I was like, these two are okay. Um, I mean, there's some graphic kills in it that I thought were well filmed and brutal. Um, <laughs> like when when Leatherface like basically bashes his head in with a sledgehammer repeatedly, I thought that was pretty graphic and filmed well. Um, I like the special effects on the um, the chef or whatever. Like that's what he was, right? Like, um, oh, when his face was cut open. When his face is cut open, I, I thought yeah, that I mean that's good. that's good. The 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 scene with the most tension, the best scene in the entire movie, is maybe twenty five to thirty minutes in when Leatherface has basically caused a police van to wreck off the road, um, and is skinning his mother's face so he can wear it over his own. Um, and there's a young girl trapped in the van that Leatherface thinks is dead initially, and then he's kind of stalking her around until finally he shatters the window and pulls her out and kills her. That that scene had tension and was maybe what I would have considered the closest thing to tonally a good horror movie. But still ridiculous to see him put on the mom's face and like I hated everything about Leatherface in this movie. Absolutely despised every every aspect of the way that they do that character from the face down to yeah. Well, it's his, not Leatherface. His, it's not Leatherface, right? It's it's some kind of like fucked up version of Jason Voorhees. Like, it's not Leatherface. Sure, he's just the quiet stalker that's yeah. unkillable, basically, which doesn't make any sense. It does not. I'm going to give you an example of what this movie is like, and I mean every insult in this example, <laughs> like purposefully and pointedly. So. 2000 who knows sometime in the mid 2000s um yui bowl made a movie called seed and i don't i've never had you watch this movie and there's really no reason for you to see it if you haven't seen it mm-hmm. Seed is a terrible movie and it has all the hallmark hallmarks of a yui bowl production which is bad dialogue sloppy direction unrealistic cuts um just poorly poorly filmed but there's one scene in Seed where Seed is the name of this of um, Voorhees-esque killer who's this big guy that wears a mask and is unstoppable. Where he's tor- he's got a, a person, I can't remember if it's a man or a woman, tied up to a chair. And he's methodically walking around and hitting them with a hammer. And it's shot in medium and it's not super graphic in terms of like close-ups of the impact it's just the sound and the motion is basically what you get and it's not repeated it's just like it's it's very casual and calculated for as much as like something like that can be and it's horrifying and it's so well done because he just holds the camera on this thing happening and it's fucking unfathomable as a human being to think about that happening to you and it's a really uncomfortable scene and it's absolutely brilliant in this whole shit pile of a movie Mm -hmm. and that's what this movie is like is there's just a few things that are these shining little diamond clusters in this giant fucking cow pie and it's only like what like 80 minutes long an hour hour and 23 minutes yeah right and it feels like yes Yes. Interminable at times. And it's just there's a scene where Leatherface gets on a bus and all these people are on this bus. All these millennials who have been drawn to this ghost town where they're going to take it over and make basically make a commune of peace, love and technology or whatever. And all the millennials pull their phones out and are telling Leatherface that he's going to get canceled if he tries anything that they're filming it. 
And then, of course, he just steps in and eviscerates all of them. Number one, it, that in and of itself shows how wrongheaded this movie is because I think you're supposed to root for Leatherface in that circumstance. I think that's letting you vis- like vicariously live out like, oh, all these tech-obsessed kids, they don't know like what's good yeah. in life yes. and they're basically well, killing themselves. Thing, oh, we're going to cancel you or whatever. Oh, God. Right. Ugh. Such a damn, such a terrible scene, and it's like right, it's terrible, and it it makes no sense, and it's just there. They just wanted wanna, to have a scene with him walking through a neon lit bus, killing right. kids. And you want to talk about torture porn? That's torture porn, right there. Like that's the example of when it's just gratuitous for gratuitous gratuitousness's sake. Is something like that where you're just meant to like kind of root for Leatherface to you know murder all these people yeah and I think I think I said it to you I I was trying to explain it to my friend Candace when we were texting about it that night but it's like in in wrestling you have in professional wrestling it's like you you have the the idea is like the bad guy like the heel um you're supposed to get like the the heel supposed to get heat it's supposed to get people to boo him and not like him and dislike him but like when when people just don't like the way things are being done like with somebody it's like the heat they talk about the heat going on the company it's like here's how i view something like this is like when i'm watching a horror movie like this where it's like you've made the the baby faces the protagonists like so unlikable like to where it's like you want to almost see them die because you it's not heat on like you know like the heat is going towards the writers and the directors like you you want to see them die so it becomes this meta exercise in watching it because it's like you want to see them die just because they're bad characters and you really don't care if they die or not but it's like you know you're almost like yeah rooting for the evil person in these horror movies because you want to see like everybody get wiped out because you hate the fucking writing of it so much i'll never understand why you make a movie a horror movie with unlikable protagonists it never has made any sense to me whatsoever like they have to at least be neutral just random people with foibles and flaws like that's how i view the original texas chainsaw it's like franklin is sad but is unlikable but sad right like but, like, those are just normal people, like, going about their lives. Like, you know, do they have some things they say that it's like, eh, okay, like, you know, I probably wouldn't care for this person. But they're just normal people. And that's what's so horrific about it is they're just these people trying to live their lives. It's like you they don't even try to build them up necessarily as, like, you know, protagonists necessarily. It's just a random thing that happens to these group of people to me. And... But it's like, okay, you build somebody up like, you know, Heather Langenkamp, like in Friday the 13th, or sorry, um, Nightmare on Elm Street. It's mm-hmm. like, you obviously are building her up to be the hero of the piece, right? And that's fine, too, because now you care about her, and you care if she dies. And, sure. like, you try to build up the other characters around her to be, like, somewhat sympathetic, because the only way the horror works is if you care whether this person gets mutilated or killed. Like, Otherwise, the horror doesn't work. Why the hell you would ever make unlikable characters in a horror movie? And to me, like a lot of it starts with like Friday the 13th, like, you know, where it's like, like that, that whole kind of generation of things where it's like, all most of these people are unlikable in some way. And like, you know, the, the punishment of sex and the punishment of like, you know, teenagers, um, and it's like, this is just a continuation of that bullshit that I hate so much is like why am i watching this movie i'm just rooting for the killer and the whole point of horror is i'm not rooting for the killer i'm not i'm not scared i'm not horrified by any of this whatsoever so it's not a horror movie to me and i really just just except for like you said there's some scenes that like are really well filmed or there's some tension but it's like i just hated conceptually most everything about this movie and i don't understand why they just have to keep remaking bad versions of a movie that i actually like like 
just stop with the like all all of Hollywood. I just wish they would stop. I just wish they would stop with the IP and like just reusing the same fucking words over and over because it was successful at one point and they never done it any better. Like just stop with the Texas Chainsaw shit. Like, did you watch um? I'm not gonna remember what it was called now. The mm-hmm. one that came out like two years ago. Where Leatherface is a little boy? No. Where he's like a teenage kid? No. That movie was okay just because it really had nothing to do with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. Like, it was... Like a Bonnie and Clyde story, almost. Hmm. Um, Not like a... Look, not a good movie, but fine. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it was watchable. Um... And most of the other ones are just kind of trashy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, what, oh, here's a question for you. What did you dislike worse? The one from like 2003 or this? There's one from 2003 with, um, the Jessica, Jess, Beale. Jessica yeah. Beale. Uh-huh. Probably that one. Yeah. It doesn't because, have hardly anything redeeming in it, except for like I remember a scene where it's like somebody's scraping their like nails across the wall when he, they're being dragged or something like that. That I thought was cool and kind yeah, of it was cringy. It's 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 an effective scene. Yeah, Th- this is what I'll say: it's easier to forgive a bad sequel than it is to forgive a bad remake, because a bad sequel, whatever, like you can just ignore that it exists. But a bad remake is is someone someone having the audacity to think that they can take a thing that was already good and make it Mm -hmm. better somehow yeah Yeah. and then they just make it so much worse yeah it always goes back to my point that i made like 20 years ago or something it's like why don't you like take something like bats and try to make it better like rather than take something good and try to or baps or baps sure yeah black american princesses of course that movie couldn't get any better (laughs) um yeah. Nah, bad movie. I, I really disliked the experience of watching. Super disappointing, too, because I saw stills from this movie and I thought this has some potential to be. Plus, that is it Fidi Fetty Alvarez? Now I gotta look him up. Yes, is the producer of it. Yeah. So I don't know. At least it's the thirty percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's a. I, I did look it up. It's thirty thirty one percent from critics and thirty two from audiences. So, pretty close agreement there. And it, that's probably just a tad bit too high to me. Like, yeah, I'm um, I'm a really big fan of uh the Evil Dead remake that Alvarez did from uh, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that he didn't wreck this movie and there's only so much a producer can do, but there is still something a producer could do, you know, which is not make absolute garbage. Sure. So, all right. Last thing before we spin this wheel is, um, you've read some of the Parker books, right? Like the, like I read some comic adaptations. Okay. So did you hear... excuse me about Shane Black and Robert Downey Jr. No, but I'm already excited. So they are going to be doing, they have teamed with Amazon, I guess, to do Hmm. at least one feature film um, with the possibility of more, I guess, is the idea where Black, I guess, is going to write and direct and Robert Downey Jr. is going to play Parker. Um, Interesting interesting yeah like I, i'm not sure just how i feel about the idea of robert downey jr um playing parker exactly Who are the other parkers sylvester stallone played parker lee, right yeah but not so. not lee marvin, parker not Par- not yeah parker. lee marvin played parker um i yeah it's like i'm actually more but, of a fan of that sylvester stallone adaptation of get carter Mm-hmm. Than I am of the Lee Marvin Gibb Parker. Mm. Um, yeah, 
and it's not a good yeah. movie right 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 it's just that like he has a character uh oh shit dortmunder um that is so much more apropos to like downey jr in his personality um as more of like a comedic version of parker um that i like i don't know and maybe i'll be surprised by robert downey jr i I have no idea i think he's a i i i think he's a very very capable actor um overall but it's like i just can't imagine as that character necessarily so i'll i'll see we'll Um, see but all right so let's go ahead i did have i did have one thing oh yeah you spin the wheel yeah which i'm yeah um mark lanigan died today are you familiar with who that is no i don't believe so um one of my favorite musicians of all time uh one of my favorite singer songwriters he was the lead singer of screaming trees and also the lead singer of um ah fuck the eagles of death metal or whatever the fuck that band that super group was called okay um but mostly screaming trees is where i know him from um amazing lyricists like one of the most poetic dudes ever to write like grunge music i guess um Hmm. really weird distinctive voice um and funny that i actually made a screaming trees playlist uh friday at work and was listening to it all day um every once in a while i just go back to them because i like that band so much um if you didn't listen to the screaming trees and you were into grunge music it's probably the most like lyrically interesting music from that time period um and definitely worth listening to so uh, one of those deaths where you you know you think about like a celebrity death hitting you hard like this is one that that actually made me a little choked up when i found out today because um really appreciate that dude so i have to look him up i i honestly have no idea i don't know any of her music i don't think so you know one song i'm sure yeah uh nearly lost you it's on the single soundtrack i don't know it was a radio hit in like 1993 i guess maybe they had a couple of hits not hits but they had a couple of songs that had um decent radio rotation in 96 or 97 okay all i know and uh sworn and broken were two um singles that were on the radio a decent amount so gotcha spin that goddamn wheel fucking ruin my life Set up chair. All right. Out in the outback. <laughs> oh, the category shit. is called Out in the Outback. <clears throat> Oh man, I think I know what it is too. <laughs> this is one of my categories. Out it is out. one of your categories, and uh, <laughs> my f- it's one of the funnier ones of your categories to me because it's like I there was two distinct possibilities I thought of immediately, which is what you would immediately think of is like people out in the outback, but then it was like you could also be like out in the sense of like out of the closet in the outback, so um but it has to be something you haven't seen so because like yeah um i don't know this is gonna be like some kind of like god this is you are oh but you haven't seen it yet right Uh uh-uh. right but you have like a whole list of like australian movies that are probably on your playlist as you're trying to become an expert in an australian film i gave that up but yes that is true <laughs> this is that's a fine admission so so it's 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 both accurate and inaccurate um but i do have them saved to a, to to my playlist so they're there um there was there was a very specific movie that inspired this choice <clears throat> when i made it and i don't know if i'm going to go with that movie still but um i think it's going to be I, I think it's going to be pretty good okay. and it won't at least have like scatological horror involved in it so hmm. bonus 
but it will have horror. Mm. Oh, I don't um, know. No. Life is horror, Chris. <laughs> it, it, it really is. It really is anymore. Um, all right. God, I look at some of these categories and we have so much to come. Like, if you, I feel like we've already been doing the spin chagrin for like six months somehow. Like, even though it's like, it, I, I don't, I like doing the spin chagrin, but it's like, it feels like we've been doing it for so long already. Um, and there's so many categories left to go for the rest of this year. So. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. The last week was really long for me because I sat there staring at where that atrocity movie is on my DVD mm-hmm. shelf every night thinking like, is this the night that I do it? And then I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> right. Um, I don't think there's any anything else like that. I, I, I went through the list after I respun last week just to see if like there's anything that's on there that like would make you uncomfortable um and there then there, i don't think there's anything that make you uncomfortable that's left on there being uncomfortable is okay being like sickened i think is mm-hmm. right where i'm not a fan right yeah. but hey we're past it so fuck it right. time to move on with life there's a there there's a movie on here that's the only one that is like a specific movie but you might be sickened by, but it's not in that way. <laughs> not in that way. Different type of way. <clears throat> if it doesn't get a 10, then... Mm. Mm. It's really selling it. <laughs> It'll pop up someday. It'll be the last one. I will make sure that it's the last thing that you watch if it doesn't pop up randomly on the, on the wheel. So... All right, so um, yeah, next week out in the outback, and uh, yeah, I don't have anything else. You done? I believe I'm done. All right, thanks for dismissing it so easily. <laughs> cool deuces out in the outback. Have a good night.